Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with part two of this message entitled, Eternal Security and Insecurity. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter six. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to examine our souls earnestly, sincerely, to see whether we are the people of God. The only way we can be certain is to look for fruit. A good tree produces good fruits. Fruit of the Spirit obedience to Jesus Christ and if we have fruit in our life it gives us assurance that we are truly people of God or as we said this morning you are a great and gracious God who forgives our sins and remembers them no more because they are dealt with in Jesus Christ and so God Pour out your spirit upon everyone as we hear the word of God proclaimed. Because without your spirit, there shall be no understanding. May the eyes of our heart be enlightened to know the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Hebrews 6, 1 through 12. First point then was to desire maturity. Second, leave infancy and third be warned of apostasy and now we are coming to point B in terms of that warning which is to be reminded of biblical apostates the Bible gives us a number of names of people who became apostates and then we will consider, finally, the security of the true people of God. And so, first example of biblical apostates is found in chapter 3, 16 through 19. The vast majority of people who came out of Egypt, 20 years old and up, except for two, all of them became reprobates and apostates. It is one of the greatest tragedies uh, that the scripture speaks about. Second, in Canaan, and you read about Achan, Second Samuel 7. So this guy arrived in Canaan only to prove himself to be a covenant-breaking apostate, an idolater, one who loved gold and silver, one who loved creation rather than the God of the covenant. Number three, we read about Saul. He was a covenant man, the first king of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And this is the mystery that we are talking about. You can experience certain aspects of 
salvation, can taste, experience it, and yet be a, an apostate. And here there is Saul, a covenant man from the tribe of Benjamin. Holy Ghost came upon him and we are told that he prophesied. And yet we are told the Holy Spirit left him. And an evil spirit came upon him and tormented him. And he died in despair and hopelessness. This is serious business. I don't understand everything about it. But it is serious. You can be enlightened. You can taste the heavenly gift. You can be sharing the Holy Ghost. You can taste the good word of God. And you can taste, that is experience, of the powers of the age to come. You can prophesy. You can cast out demons. I will show you. And you can preach and yet prove to be a, an apostate. And number four, Judas. Chosen apostle. Chosen by Jesus Christ himself after a night of prayer. And Matthew 10 tells you the Holy Ghost. He was given authority to preach the kingdom of God. To heal the sick. To cast out demons. And so on. And the disciples went and did these things and came and said, even the demons are subject to us. They were surprised. Judas was one of these disciples. Prophesied, healed, cast out demons, performed miracles, lived with Jesus, and experienced many blessings from Jesus. And he became... A child of the devil. Jesus himself called him. Son of perdition. And John chapter 13. Verse 2. We are told the devil prompted him. And the end of that chapter. We are told the devil possessed him. And he betrayed Christ. And he went and hanged himself. He didn't find true repentance. And went to hell. This is serious issue, sir. And in the New Testament church, there was Ananias and Sapphira, chapter 5 of the book of Acts. And we are told Satan filled them to lie to the Holy Ghost. These people experienced the gospel. They were enlightened. They experienced the powers of the age to come. We could say they received the Holy Ghost, they were baptized, and so on. But God killed them. They proved themselves to be apostates. Demas, you remember Demas. He was a fellow worker, a minister of the gospel with the Apostle Paul for many years. And St. Paul writes to various churches about him we could understand he was a student of scripture he was filled with the Holy Ghost he probably healed the sick cast out demons these things were normal in the New Testament churches but then we read in the last letter of Saint Paul to Timothy 
Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 10 that he became an apostate turned away from the living God in utter unbelief we read about that in chapter 3 and verse 12 of this epistle to the Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 see to it brothers that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God many years he worked as a minister and turn with me let me read it to you second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 you see the heat is on the trouble is on persecution is coming apostles are put in prison and you have live in cold dungeon your feet put in stocks second Timothy 4 beginning with verse 9 do your best Timothy uh, to come to me quickly for because Demas because he loved this world this age this crooked and perverse generation this world whose God is the devil we are not talking about a believer we are talking about a minister so I ask the leaders examine yourself and see whether you are what a Christian a true Christian don't rest on the laurels that we came to church for many years baptized as an infant or as a believer or gave so much money it doesn't mean a thing what matters is your present faith and obedience for Demas because he loved this world has abandoned me deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica became an idolater Jesus said you cannot serve two masters either you serve the living and true God or money and what money can secure for you the Lord Jesus was shown all the glories of this world and said what worship me and I'll give this all to you he said no and a true believer will say the same thing and then there is Hymenaeus and Alexander let's turn to first Timothy chapter 1 let me read to you beginning from verse 18 Timothy my son I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them you may fight the good fight holding on to faith that's perseverance holding on to faith and a good conscience holding on to the gospel and living the gospel life so a good conscience now some have what rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith they heard the gospel they were enlightened they tasted the heavenly gift they became partakers of the Holy Ghost in some sense they were excited about the Word of God they experienced the powers of the age to come in their life and yet they abandoned it they made shipwreck of their faith 
And now, among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Here, Alexander and Hymenaeus, they were worshippers and disciples and believers and probably preachers of the gospel who became blasphemers, enemies of the gospel. They became apostates. It happened, sir, very gradually. Little unbelief, little unbelief, and little unbelief. And finally, fullness of unbelief, and you turn away from the living God to worship idols and demons. And so, severe judgment, whom I handed over to Satan that they may be taught not to blaspheme. And then Hymenaeus and Philetus, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 17 and following. Let me read from verse 16. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus, maybe the same fellow or a different one. Among them are Hymenaeus and what? Philetus. Notice verse 18. Who have wandered away from the truth. Probably these were also ordained ministers of the gospel. But rejected the gospel and preferred darkness to light. Who have wandered away from the truth. They say the resurrection has already taken place of false doctrines. And they destroy the faith of some. Notice then, I've, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. What is it? The Lord knows those who are his. They are the true people of God. They will persevere in obedient faith to the very end. And the Lord knows who they are. In other words, in spite of this wandering of Hymenaeus and Philetus, God knows those who are his and they will persevere, meaning these people are not in that number. So let me tell you, it's a mystery. We can experience something of this salvation in some measure and yet short of, and yet short of being saved, being regenerated, becoming a good tree. This is why we need to examine our life. Turn with me, 1 John chapter 2, biblical example of apostates. 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 18, dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. And then he tells us, they went out from us. I told you every church consists of two circles. The inner circle consists of the true people of God. And the outer circle consists of people who are not people of God. And here it is, a New Testament church example. They went out from us. And it happened to this church. And it happens to any church. 
There are people who have experienced, enlightened, whatever I said, something of the salvation, and yet they go out. The light is so blinding to them. They prefer darkness. They went out from us. Notice, they would have remained with us, but their going showed what? None of them belong to us, the people of God. I said this is true always. There is no perfect church that every single person is a true Christian who will persevere to the very end. There is no way a pastor or a council of elders can examine people and reject some and receive some. We receive on the basis of credible profession. But we have no way of knowing what is in human heart. I have seen people excited about the gospel. And I thought great things about them. Only in time they proved themselves to be absolutely have nothing to do with the gospel. So here is John the Apostles Church. They went out from among us because they were not of us. It is the clear declaration by the apostle himself about such people. Let's turn to for Second Peter chapter 2 verse 15 through 17 they have left the straight way just like Hymenaeus and Philetus and others they have left what? the straight way the, the church was known as the way the way the straight way the narrow way the way of the cross, the way of the gospel. What happened? They have left the straight way. They were people in the church. This is the word of St. Peter. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam. I mean, the power of money. Money is God and what money can get? The way of Balaam son of Beor who loved the wages of wickedness they left they wandered off turn with me to 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 it's a serious business a lot of people they just tune in and listen to anybody and everybody there is a hankering for all sorts of teachings and here Second Corinthians 11 beginning with verse 13 for such men are false apostles deceitful workmen masquerading as apostles of Christ and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light it is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness this happened during the time of Paul, ministers and leaders and teachers became tools of Satan and masqueraded to be teachers of truth, teachers of the gospel, when they were false. Their end will be 
what their actions deserve. I want to speak to you about what about security? Pastor, do you believe the eternal security of the believer? What's the answer? Yes, I do. And I will die for that doctrine. But it is the doctrine that says there is eternal security for a true believer, a regenerate believer, one who experienced this divine miracle of new creation, one who experienced the resurrection from the dead in their souls. And I will say that such people will persevere to the very end in obedient faith and in fruit-bearing. Examine yourself. There is no other way uh, to examine ourselves. The way to test is, do you believe the right doctrine, the deposit of right doctrine, sound doctrine? And the other is what? Do you do the truth? It is, today it is simply the best people do is, do you believe that doctrine? But that should be first. Then you ask the second question, do you live the doctrine? Do you do the truth? And Jesus Christ himself in Revelation 2 verse 10 to the church of Smyrna, he promised to the church more trouble and then he said, be faithful till what? Death. And I will give you a crown of life. Every true believer will be faithful till death in spite of all the storms and persecution and problem, in spite of the prospect of martyrdom, they will stay true to the doctrine and to the life. Turn to Hebrews chapter 3. I spoke on it. Take a look at it. Because when you look at it, you will understand. Verse 6, but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house. We are God's church. And notice an if there. Do you see that if? We are God's church. We are his house. If we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. Our obedience never make us God's house. God makes us his house by his divine action. And if we are God's house, we will what? Hold on. Persevere in obedient faith to the end. And look at chapter 3 verse 14. Take a look at it. We have come to share in Christ. Or put differently, we are Christians. We have come to share in Christ, what? If we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. See that? Your obedience, your perseverance doesn't make you a Christian. But if you are a Christian, you will persevere to the very end. And I asked Carl Olson to kiss his bride. And I say that to all these people I imagine. And I said, it's the first command <laughs> that he is doing exactly, <laughs> immediately, and what? 
joyfully. But let me tell you, if we are people of God, that ought to be our behavior. Obedience to Jesus Christ who died in our place and went to hell to bring us out of hell will be so impelled by love uh, to do his will for his glory and for our everlasting joy. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9, take a look at it. And once made perfect, Jesus Christ became the source of what? Eternal salvation, sir. To all those who obey him. That's what the book says. All those who obey him all their life. But the point here is he doesn't give temporal salvation. He didn't accomplish temporal salvation. He didn't accomplish salvation for a day. He is the author of what? Eternal salvation. And he who is given that eternal salvation will obey him till the end. Chapter 10 and verse 14. And if you have Greek text, you can read. You will understand what we are saying. Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect. What tense is that, Dr. Drubay? It's a perfect. It means it's an action to place in the past. The effect continues. In other words, you are justified. You are saved forever. You are justified, saved forever. Who are being sanctified? Who are being made holy? He justifies you and he sanctifies you. One Lord. And a person who says he is justified and lives like a devil, he is confusing biblical doctrine. Because you can never separate justification from his ongoing work of sanctifying us and bringing us in conformity to his son, Jesus Christ. Chapter 7 of the book of Hebrews and verse 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus Christ saves completely. Notice I didn't emphasize 10.14. It says what? He justified for whatever. He made perfect forever those who are being sanctified. Chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Notice. Equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may, work, may he work in us what is pleasing in him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. He who justified you works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. And here it is. He told the Hebrews to persevere, to obey, to continue. But it is he who enables them to continue. And if he saved you, brother, sister, he is working in you. 
and you are given that willing, that desire, that ability uh, to love God and follow Christ. And if it is not there, you have to cry out to God. Oh God, have mercy upon me. He who began a good work will, what? Faithful to do what? To complete it. He doesn't start something and then not finish it. He is not man. He is God. If he began something, he will finish it. He, if he justified you, he will sanctify you. He will work in you. He will equip you. He will enable you. He will cause you to will and to do his good pleasure so you can work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And let us look at Second Timothy chapter 2 in the context of people wandering away from truth. The Paul says, but you see, the Lord knows those who are his. The Lord knows his people, his church, whom he chose from before the foundation of the world, whom he saved you, saved in time. He knows who they are. They will persevere to the very end. The Lord knows. So this person may go, that person may go. It doesn't matter. God's people will thrive and flourish in the gospel and in the Christian life. John chapter 10 verse 28 says what? I give them eternal life. And they shall what? Never perish. They are held by Christ and held by the Father. That no one can snatch us from his possession. That's what the Bible says. And let's turn to Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. For those God foreknew. See, one day he would say to many people, I never knew you. The Lord knows those who are his. But here, for those God foreknew, which means foreloved. It is not intellectual knowledge. God knows all things. This is a special sense knowledge. Adam knew his wife. It's not an intellectual knowledge. It's an intimacy. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That's the purpose of God's foreknowledge. That we will conform to Jesus Christ. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And we read in verse 39 of Romans 8. Neither death, nor life, nor what? Anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I'm speaking about eternal security of every believer who is born of God. He gives eternal life. I say to you, if mighty people could prove themselves to be apostates, then it is important that we examine ourselves. Two scriptures come to mind. St. Peter 
the last letter he wrote he says what make your calling and election sure second corinthians 13 5 examine yourselves and see whether you are in grace how do i make my calling and election sure peter tells us fruitfulness and increased fruitfulness read second peter chapter one that's what do i obey god do i delight in god do i do the will of god because it is the will of god do i work out my salvation with fear and trembling and put it more simply do i obey my mother don't you think that's a, a simple question do i obey my father do i obey my teacher delightfully very simple sir they are agents of god obey my pastor and so on delightfully and i say to you if you are saved by jesus christ you will do so you will do so let us hear the word of god when evening came jesus arrived with the twelve while they were reclining at the table he said i tell you the truth one of you will betray me here is somebody is sitting with jesus christ eating the covenant meal the basis of which is relationship but he's sitting and eating with all the intention of betraying jesus they were saddened and one by one they said to him surely not i it is one of the twelve he replied one who dips bread into the bowl with me the son of man will go just as it is written about him but woe to that man who betrays the son of man it would be better for him if he had not been born jesus saw him throwing the 30 pieces of silver and hanging himself and the body falling down and his bowels burst open oh andre and he went to hell let me tell you the greatest judgment will come to christians who become apostate because god judges people on the basis of knowledge the gentiles will be judged on the basis of the knowledge of god in creation and in conscience the jews will be judged on the basis of that as well as the old testament revelation but we will be judged more severely if we turn away from the fullness of revelation we in this church proclaim That's and right. declare that's why it says woe <laughs> woe to that man who betrays the son of man it would be better for him if he had not been born that's true yes. let us pray heavenly father we we examine ourselves and we heard this morning that the scripture is not teaching that we do not sin the scripture teaches that we believers in christ new creation people may sin and that person will repent and will confess and will ask god to forgive 
his sins on the basis of the atonement. But there is no repentance possible for those who deliberately treat the Savior and his atonement with contempt. Oh Lord, may there is no one here who has sinned a sin unto death. But we all confess, O oh God, we have sinned in word and in deed. We committed the sin of omission and that of commission. We sin not only generally but particularly. And help us right now, O oh God, to examine ourselves and repent of particular sins, particularly that we may receive full forgiveness of our sins. Help us, O oh Lord, as your people. God can perform yes. miracles yes. in your life. Oh God, yes. bring about healing, miracles, blessing. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching by Pastor P.G. Matthews.